today is going to be class day. Can you tell? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Glad that you're here. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in those great songs today. Anybody enjoy that? I hope God enjoyed it more, don't you think? Good idea. I, um, I had a thought. Once It happens maybe once a year. And um, as I was sitting and I was listening to Derek pray, I, I love having Derek pray. I have to confess. And it's not just because he has a spiritual accent. <laughs> All the great preachers have that British accent. They're always better than American preachers, just automatic. Probably southern preachers are next, right? You know, you've got to believe the Lord, you know. And, uh, but listening to him pray, I was thinking about those words that he prayed about uh, God surrounding us, being our for, you know, there's a psalm, he's our forward guard, our rear guard, surrounds us and all of that. And um, there's a song that, uh, I, um, that keeps coming to my mind. I thought I'd just read a little bit of it if I could. And it's an old hymn. It's kind of a stale, yeah, I know. What? We'll fix that in a minute. Actually, we'll fix that at the end. Uh, you're fired. No, not at all. Actually, I can't afford to fire him. Uh, and uh, what's that? He caught it. Um, we're going we're gonna to praise the Lord together at the end now. I'm going to move this to the end. Uh, it's the Tadeum. It's in the back of the hymn book. We have it on the screen. It's to God. It's to praise him. And that's the whole point of today. But let me just read this uh, old hymn. It's a tune that's kind of stale. I know some people don't like hymns. And I forgive you. And, uh, and some people don't like worship songs. I forgive you too. And, uh, but this is an old classic. Anybody recognize this? Jesus, the very thought of thee. Attributed to Bernard of Clairvaux, it's old, sounds kind of like, we're not sure how we feel about these words, but listen to this. Jesus, the very thought of thee, with sweetness fills my breast, but sweeter far thy face to see, and thy, in thy presence rest. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, O hope of every contrite heart, O joy of all the meek, to those who fall, how kind thou art, how good to those who seek. Wow, see why there's such good, there's, there's so much uh, edification. But what to those who find, ah, this, no tongue or pen can show the love of Jesus, what it is, none but his loved ones know. The reason I share that is because I think the ch church today is filled with religious deadness and outward action and sometimes we come because it's our duty or our mommy made us or something like that but what God is looking for is a relationship where we know the love of God and then he becomes that rear guard and that forward guard and that roundabout protection and we lean on him and trust him and uh, as Alyssa's all around the world where is she going no they're here somewhere there they are back there around the world and others serve him uh, you're going to have to lean on the living God. It's going to have to be real. And uh, so I'm just saying that because churches are supposed to be, not all are anymore, about the person of Jesus Christ who came into the world to rescue us so that we could be in a right relationship with our God. 
and our God designed us for good things, we get away from that, and that's why we mess up the world, right? When I say that in the collective we. The world's kind of messed up. Anybody notice? That's because people are messed up. Anybody notice? And that's what happens. But Jesus is in the business of putting us back together. This morning in our prayer time before we came out to, to worship, the worship team was praying, and one of our brothers, I won't mention any names, Jay, but, um, you know, he said, thank you, Lord. I look back on when I was, he used the word a knucklehead, you know, before I became a Christian. And as we were praying, I said, yeah, I still am one. The only difference is I'm a lot cleaner than I was then. And not to give God glory would be a mistake. He's changed us, right? He's, he's in the process of changing us. So praise the Lord, right? All right. This morning, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. So we're going to have two uh, kind of church active worship events. You participate in worship in the old days and in the Old Testament as well. Uh, when the word of God was read, the congregation would stand as an act of respect before the living God. And uh, if you want to follow along, it's page 445 in the uh, Bible in the chair in front of you. And I'll read it out of that version so we're all on the, no pun intended, all on the same page. And it sounds exactly the same. But I'm going to ask you to stand as we read today's text. This is chapter 29 of 1 Chronicles. This is David's dedicatory prayer. We'll talk about it more in a minute. And here's what he says. Verse 10, page 445, the first break there, it says David's prayer. Let's listen together. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might. It lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. The word of the Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And stay standing as I pray. We need your help, Lord, to get a little glimpse of what David is looking at in his mind as he exalts you and can barely use enough words to say, this is what I attribute to you. Majesty and glory, magnificence. I think of that song that I love, oh, beautiful one. You are the altogether lovely one. But, Lord, we acknowledge none but his loved ones know the love of Jesus, what it is who you are, that you bestow honor and glory. You raise up and you take down. You're sovereign over all the affairs of man. We try to tame you. We try to make Aslan a little putty tap instead of the unpredictable, terrifying lion of Judah that he is. Is he safe? <laughs> of course he's not safe. But he's good. And Lord, we need to know you in your greatness and your goodness. 
So would you help your people to have the, the, uh, the blinders stripped away where we don't see you as you really are? Help us, we pray today. And for those, Lord, who are listening and leaning in and wondering about this whole thing with Jesus, Holy Spirit, pour the sense of how much you love them upon them today, more than their own mother or father. In some cases, that's easy. But in other cases, we say, how can that be? But, Lord, you love us because you made us. We are yours, whether we acknowledge you or not. And we're never going to be totally settled and at peace until we rest in you. Help us, we pray today, to hear from you. In the great name of Jesus, we ask it. And all of God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So I'm really not going to read four volumes of information. But I have a... Little electronic thing that's astounding, and it makes the screen come on. Those of you, uh, we heard. I, you know, it was funny when when Mike mentioned what page we should be in in the Daily Bible. I hear groans. <laughs> What's with that? Because it's like, oh, I feel so guilty. I'm so far behind. Just keep reading. There's no law. God's not beating you up. I may, but God's not beating you up. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'd rather have you reading the scripture, right? Even if you're behind. And if you're ahead, good for you. That's awesome. So the title today is Neither Were Thankful. The first thing I want to do is ask, does anybody recognize that phraseology? Whoa. Okay, let me get my grading book out. You got two gold stars here. That's exactly right, Romans 1. It'll figure a little bit later. It's a reference to the decline of humanity as they've turned their back on God. And one of the sidebars came to mind. This is King James language. Neither were thankful. They didn't acknowledge him anymore. Neither were thankful. We'll get to that verse at the right time. The passage, well, speaking of political climate, no, I'm not. Don't want to. In fact, today, almost nobody wants to talk about it. Well, everybody wants to scream about it or not talk about it. And, uh, but speaking of political climate, the text that we're looking at was at one of the best political climates in the history of the human race. Did you know that? This is after David had won all his wars. God had exalted him. He had secured all of his territories, conquered anyone that was in opposition, Peace was reigning. It was kind of like the Pax Romana when there was finally an end. You all saw Gladiator, right? The last battle in Germania. Finally, there's peace in the Roman Empire, and you can travel anywhere across it safely, sort of. It's like traveling across America safely, sort of. It was one of the best times. So God had spoken to David, you know, you can't build a temple for me. You, you shed blood. You're a warrior. But your son is going to be the model, if you will, the illustration of the coming Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Um, and so he will be that model that will build the temple for my name. And his kingdom, his rule is going to be amazing. So Solomon is being commissioned as the next king. David is old, but he's not senile. Trust me. And he's setting the tone. He's about to usher in the most glorious, 
richest, wisest, God-blessed community politics, in other words, a government that the world had ever seen, under Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. People came from far and wide to check out the, 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 the amazing wealth and wisdom and the court system, Queen of Sheba. And, you know, if you know any of your Old Testament, and by the way, I'm, the way, why we're doing this is we're reading the Old Testament together right now. All right? And you've passed this part. Hopefully, most of you have passed this part. So this glorious kingdom, so, so amazing that silver was boring. There was so much gold. And in that context, David sets the tone and says, time for us little chickens to look up and acknowledge where all this comes from, right? So here's what happens. I want you to just see this verse that says, Solomon sat on the throne. Whose throne? Can you imagine? It's the only time in history that uh, the Lord's interest and the leadership of a country were aligned in such a way that he could say, Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David his father. And look, all he prospered, all Israel obeyed him. And if you read it, if you go back to the story, it was not like, oh, we have to pay taxes to this guy. It was a great celebration. People were thrilled with the blessing that God had brought on David's kingdom. They were excited. It was a great pay. It's like the best city in America to live, you know. One of those places. You ever see those things on AOL or wherever, you know? Best city to live in America. Greatest place to retire. Dumbest city in America. Anyway, there's always something. This was it. And David takes the time to set the tone. Can I just give a little parenthetical sidetrack, whatever on the side? I just have to warn people, America is not the same as God's kingdom. We get that wrong sometimes. We really do. Okay, We're called to be citizens of heaven wherever we are. And we want, we would love to have righteousness prevail in our nation. And to work toward that is fine. And justice and all of that. But it's not equal. Right? So, probably one of the most blessed nations in history in terms of our missionary thrust and what have you. No question God's hand was on our history. But uh, don't make the mistake of equating those two things. God's about to usher in this great experience, and David sets the tone with the words we just read. David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. So I want to just take a couple of minutes, and if you're a note taker, on the back of your bulletin or in your bulletin are the, the points I want to make. And that is, here they are. If you want to write them down now so you don't forget later, God's glory, God's gifts, what do you think the R is? Our, yeah, no, it's not a G, it's an R. Our response. Got half of it. That was good. God's glory, his gifts, our response. That's what it's talking about. David sets the right tone. One is God's glory. So we find this. David says this, thine, O Lord. This is a different version. This is the NASV. And it says, actually, our Bible reads that way. The, the version that you read in your uh, daily Bible reads a little bit different. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. 
So here it is. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth. Yours, thine, is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Well, he's the boss. We're not so sure we like that, but he is. Thine. Let let me unpack a couple of these words. First one, yours is the glory. could be translated dignity. Yours is the power. He has the force is with him. All power, right? He's got all power, dignity, force. Here's an interesting word when it talks about beauty or glory is the word for beauty, splendor. And that's why I love that song, Beautiful One. Beautiful One I Love. That he is altogether lovely. The other day, my wife and I were praying about something. I can't remember what it was. We do that once in a while. You have to do it if you're a pastor. People find out you don't pray to get old. But anyway, we were praying. You guys need to lighten up. Anyway, we're praying one day, and my wife, she's not here so I can brag on her, diverted in her mind our prayer request to the beauty of the Lord Jesus, just his glorious majesty. She started weeping. And when she does that, it makes me cry, so I get mad. No, I'm not. I'm I'm kidding. It's just one of those things. You know how you get so connected eventually with your other half? That's what happened. The beauty of God is excellence. We don't ponder it enough. And the other words that come out here is his victory The victory and the majesty. Victory is a word that can be translated perpetuity. You know what that means? Constancy, length of days, security. It doesn't change. He's got it, and he's not going to let go of it. I need to remind myself of that, right? The old um, trusting in the presence of Jesus in your life, if you're really going to grow as a disciple, I think one of the marks that you've really matured is that God helps you not to go so wingnut when things are out of control. When He reminds you, even though I'm going to be late, I don't know what kind of problem this is going to cause, but I've got this, God says, and it's okay, trust me. None of you ever get uptight, right? I, I want to just say, I, I'm still a knucklehead, and uh, but... It was kind of funny. I'm driving back from Milford yesterday, and I get stuck because I hate to even think of what happened. I I saw a motorcycle being hauled away. There was a wreck. We were there an hour and a half, an hour and 25, I don't know, something like that, sitting. And um, when you're sitting in the car, and I said to the person in the car next to better to be here than whatever's up there in the ambulance, wouldn't you agree? And I got behind a guy who got out of his car and came back and chatted with me, a fine uh, brother from um, uh, Texas. Uh-oh. So things aren't bad enough. He's stuck on the highway. <laughs> and then I say, and where, where are you from in Texas, Beaumont? Yeah, oh, my goodness. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, my sister, she will not, she'll downplay this thing. Don't, she doesn't want me worrying about it. Like, Maybe God's got this. And I said, now, you know, you sound like a brother. And we started, and sure enough. And he's sitting there, calm, shared a brownie with me. 
I said, I know this is southern or western, uh, especially California. I said, that doesn't have hoochie in it, right? I was just, (laughs) no, sir, he said. (laughs) He works at West Point. Great, brother. We just had a wonderful time. Could have been crabby the whole time because I was under pressure. Kind of messed my day up, you know. My day was messed up. Whoopee. Are you getting my point? Is God good? Does he care for us? The scripture says he's shown his goodness to the whole world. He has done good. He's not been without a witness. He's screaming at the entire human race every day that the sun comes up. Every time there's rain and fruitful seasons and food off the plantation, if you will. You follow what I'm saying? He's been feeding us. He's been taking care of us. Find, uh, just an interesting thing that was in the paper last week, uh, the comparison, you have to hear it again, sorry, um, about how many people were involved in agrarian industry back 100 years ago. 80% of our population, fishing, farming, animal, husbandry, whatever it is, right? 80%. You know what the percentage is today? 1%. Yeah, it was just in the paper. I'm like, you want to know why we're ungrateful and glued to phones like we don't have a brain anymore? You want to know why? Because we don't have to survive like we used to have to survive. And when you have to survive, you're grateful for fruitful seasons, food and gladness. Grateful. Psalm 95. Anybody recognize Psalm 95? Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He is our God. We are the people of his pastor and the sheep of his hand. Isn't that warm? That's warm, right? I am his sheep. I'm his dumb little sheep. He's got it. Look, dummy, come over here. And we, you know, who does he to be the boss? I want him to be my boss. I'd rather be under his bossiness than anybody else's. In fact, anybody know how that psalm begins? Who has it memorized? I'm teasing. Well, maybe you do. I mean, you cheated. Ah, oh, ah, oh, in church. Uh, anyway, so, yes, come let us sing. For, let's shout joyfully unto the rock of our salvation. Does that sound like miserable? Not at all. That's the whole point. God is good, and I'm thankful to be under his leadership. So, let's talk about praising God, because that's what I want to talk about today. So, there's a book by some religious fanatic named John Piper. Anybody ever heard of him? It's called Desiring God. And I'll admit, I've had people read this and go, I don't get this. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. That's a little humor. Sorry, because, frankly, some of it is hard to grasp. But one of the things in order to grasp it is that I have to believe there's something more important in the universe than myself. (laughs) Sorry, I can't help myself. I just get all carried away. I want to read something to you, though. He puts in his book on desiring God. And you remember, if you remember the gist of the book, it can be summed up in this simple statement. The Westminster Confession says, what is the chief end of man? Why were we made? Why is it a good thing to be the people of his pastor and the sheep of his hand? Because the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
Did you hear that? And enjoy him for glorify your maker, the one who made you. Get in sync with his purposes for you and you'll enjoy him forever. That's what he's saying. And of course, he changed it, the radical, and said, uh, let's just give it one word change. A chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. In other words, my enjoying God glorifies him. Because that's what I was made for. Listen to how natural. We, and see, immediately our unbelieving, stubborn heart says, who is this egotistical being that needs to be fawned over and blah, 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 you know? So I love these old words of C.S. Lewis. Any, everybody heard of C.S. Lewis? By the way, old school, but worth reading. Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, cartoons, movies, fun. Anybody? Anybody get out at all? Okay. Here's the words of C.S. Lewis. The world rings with praise. Lovers praising their mistresses. Readers their favorite poet. Walkers praising the countryside. Players praising their favorite game. Praise of weather, wines, dishes, actors, motors, horses, colleges, countries, historical personages, children, flowers, mountains, rare stamps, rare beetles, even sometimes politicians... Or scholars. I had not noticed how the humblest and this. Oh, I hate this one. I had noticed. I hadn't noticed how the humblest and at the same time most balanced and capacious minds, broad minds, praised most, while the cranks, misfits, and malcontents praised least. <laughs> Ow. I don't know which. I'll have to pick one of them. I don't know which one. <laughs> Cranks, misfits, and malcontents. Okay. Maybe if I'm a misfit, I'll have a little excuse, right? <laughs> I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. All you football fans that have to have your team at the top, right? Isn't that it? Why aren't you on my... Why don't you get it? How can you be so dumb? You don't see that the Cowboys, you know, whatever. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I just unleashed Pandora out of the box. Oh, my goodness. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. They spontaneously urge us to join them in prayer. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think it magnificent? The psalmist in telling everyone to praise God are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. It's as simple as that. So why is it so complicated for believers? What is wrong with that? There's something really wrong. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise is not merely expressing. It completes the enjoyment it is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. Not, God asks us to praise him not because he needs to shore up some weakness in himself or compensate for some deficiency, but because he loves us and seeks the fullness of our joy that can be found only in knowing and praising him, the most magnificent of all beings. 
God is the one being in all the universe for whom seeking his own praise is the ultimate loving act. It's for our benefit. It's for his benefit first, which benefits us. For him, self-exaltation is the highest virtue. When he does all things for the praise of his glory, he preserves for us and offers to us the only thing in all the world which can satisfy our longings. People don't believe that, so they seek everything else, right? Try to substitute this sensual experience or this drug experience or whatever it happens to be, thinking that's going to bring satisfaction. It never does. It's never enough. In fact, that's kind of the key to the verse I wanted to share with you today. I want you to notice where mankind went adrift, not acknowledging that God is the author of all things and that we have a response to make to him. We not only fail to glorify him, let me just read it to you. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There's a downward centripetal, there's a downward pull. That'll work. They didn't glorify him and they weren't, what's the word? Thankful. Thankfulness has a profound impact. It's part of being grateful and giving praise. It's natural to want to say it. And having it in the heart will make all the difference in the world, really. I'm gonna, I, I have a couple. I think my, some of my uh, small group people have heard this illustration or one of them, but so you just don't go to sleep on me, Mike, okay? So, so my, I had an elder in one of my churches, and his, his daughter ran a nail business, you know? She had her own little place. She hired out slots. You all know, ladies, you all know what I mean. Manny Petties, all that. Am I, am I, anybody get what I'm talking about? Okay, okay. Whew, I thought I left the country for a minute. Okay, so she had these little stalls. So there was a young lady who had come in, and so this one, girl is sitting in the chair one day, and she's griping because that's what you do at the barber shop or the nail shop. You know, you, you, it's time to talk politics and what you're mad at and how miserable your life is and how wonderful this is or whatever it is, right? Sorry. Anyway, that's what happens. And so she, this girl is going on. Her father had bought her a brand new car. Brand new car. And it went kind of like this. I can't believe it. I wanted a red one. And he got me a blue one. <sighs> Sometimes the only response I feel is, you should be put to sleep or something. I don't know. Something's really wrong here. <laughs> My goodness. Blue. That's terrible. <laughs> anyway. Uh, would you detect in that perhaps a note of ingratitude? How would you rather walk the 80 miles to work? That might change your attitude a little bit. Maybe you won't care about whether it's blue. I'll bet that's true. Here's what David says about his power, the power of God. What happened? There we go. Both riches and honor come from you. 
You rule over all, and in your hand is power and might. It lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. None of us have it in our own selves or deserve it in our own selves, you see? A while back, let me just mention the words. Wealth is obvious. Riches and wealth, same thing. The word honor, Hebrew, kabod. The word kabod implies, you'll remember this word, uh, Tim, gravitas, weight, heaviness, um, glory, honor, abundance, like reputation that is honorable. It's weighty, kabod. Anybody remember when the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines? In that war, big mistake thinking if you have a religious artifact, God has to act because you got the magic trinket. That was their mistake, and it went off into captivity. And when it did, the young lady who was giving birth, who died in childbirth, named her child Ichabod. The glory has departed. The glory has departed. Abundance, reputation, glory, weight, All of that is ultimately a gift from God. You say, oh, I know how to run business, or I know how to make... I know, I've had friends of mine who... It's like the golden, you know, the Midas touch. Anybody run it? You know what I mean? Hand over fist, anything they touch, it's like, whoa, I'm not jealous. Much? You know, it's unbelievable. But even that ability, whether they acknowledge it or not, is the gift of God. A while back, we did a little reading in Tozer. Anybody remember the knowledge of the Holy One? I just want to read one statement from Tozer. It's such a good section here. For reasons known only to himself, God honored man above all other beings by creating him in his image. Man is a created being a derived and contingent self who of himself possesses nothing but is dependent each moment for his existence upon the one who created him after his own likeness. The fact of God is necessary to the fact of man. Think God away and man has no ground of existence. Listen to this. Man, for all his genius, and he he can think God's thoughts after him. He can manifest genius. He can manifest creativity. All of that is the gift and blessing of God, the way he's made us. Man, for all his genius, is but an echo of the original voice, a reflection of the uncreated light. As a sunbeam perishes when cut off from the sun. Get that? As a sunbeam perishes when cut off from the sun... So man, apart from God, would pass back into the void of nothingness from which he first leapt at the creative call. If you don't think that's biblical, that's just Tozer being a theologian. The New Testament says it clearly in the book of Colossians. In him, all the things in the created universe literally hang together. And people who do atomic science have commented, we still can't figure it out. I have friends down on Long Island working at the, the um, laboratory trying to find the God particle, that whole thing. And it's like, what makes it hang together? The word of his power. The minute he ceases, we'd splatter. So David's priorities on this great occasion are very clear. He could be prancing around, boy, am I not the greatest military leader you've ever seen? Am I not astounding? 
Aren't you glad you're here today to see the fruit of all the good things I've done? Wow. Holy smokes, I'm amazing. <laughs> nope, David's priorities are clear. And he says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? I'm nobody. In fact, you read the, the father. This comes after his prayer. He turns it to himself. And he says, I'm really a nobody. I was a little shepherd boy, little twit, you know. Remember how I aggravated my brothers and everything? Remember that? Who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer as generously as this? For all things come from and from your hand we have given to you. So when our brother was praying about the offering today, as is appropriate, we say we only have what God grants us to have in the first place. It's all his. He lets you keep enough to live on. Isn't that nice? So we give proportionately. You said it this morning in your prayer. We give proportionately. By the way, it's not a sin to give disproportionately either if you want to give. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, I do, I do that. Once in a while, I do that. I think it's a healthy exercise. Who am I? It's because we are recipients of your amazing gifts and grace and life and sustaining. All of that's from you. So that brings us to what should be our response. Well, David prays two places, at the beginning of his prayer and at the end. I put the two verses together like this. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Interesting phrase in your daily Bible. It reads, everlasting to everlasting. Alom ad alom. Into eternity. It kind of looks both directional. It's why Christians for 2,000 years and all Jewish believers before that would affirm that God is eternal. No beginning and no end. You are blessed forever and ever. You are to be praised. Therefore, our God, we now thank you and praise your glorious name. We thank you. We confess who you are. And we, as the Jews have the Hallel Psalms, Hallel is to praise. We praise your name. We praise. Interesting word. We boast about. We make shiny isn't that a great... Anybody used to watch... What was that sci-fi movie show? Shiny. They was, oh, uh, yeah, Firefly, Firefly right? You know, shiny. If things were really cool, they go, shiny. That was their expression. Christians ought to be talking about God. He's shiny. I mean, he's really shiny. Way shinier than any junk in a sci-fi show. He's shiny. To make him shine. To boast about him. That's why we're going to read in just a minute the Tadeum together as an act of worship to give praise to God. Let me just read some of it so you, when you come across it, you can go, wow, there it is. All the earth does worship you, the Father everlasting. The angels cry aloud. The cherubim and seraphim continually do cry. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of the armies, Sebaoth. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of the martyrs praise thee. The holy church, I hope you're part of that, throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. We make you shiny. You're amazing. You opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Isn't that cool? 
Blessed art thou, O Lord, God of, of Israel, our Father, forever and ever, from eternity into eternity. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Gratitude should be expressed because our worship or our, our enjoyment isn't complete till we express it. I had to tell my wife, we had somebody for dinner last night. I had to tell my wife multiple times, you did a great job tonight. Great job. And she did a great job. It's not complete till I say it. There's something missing until it comes out of my yapper. It's got to be said. But not only with speech do we praise God. Anybody have a little clue on this that maybe our life should reflect that as well? That he's in our life. That even though I'm still a knucklehead, he's changing me. We have obtained an inheritance. Ephesians says in a multiple. I've modified it a little just to make the point. We have obtained an inheritance from God, a gift. We didn't earn it. It's a gift to be received to the end that we who have our trust in Christ, our hope, our expectation in him should be what? To the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. It's helpful if I develop gratitude. If I'm grateful for the gifts that God has given me, it helps keep me on task. Let me illustrate a way that this works. Just This is a crude illustration, but it might help you understand how, as a believer, if I'm grateful for everything he gives me, if I can remember when I'm stuck in traffic, I'm not the one in the ambulance or dead. I'm not in Houston today. I have been in a town where that happened, but it's, I, I'm not going through that now. There's some silver lining. There's some reason to give glory to God somewhere along the line. If I can be grateful, it will curb my um, curmudgeony behaviors or misfit. That was the one I picked. <clears throat> so anybody remember there was a phenomenal, I'm just going to be really crass about this, um, star that rose up on the golf circuit. His name was Tiger Woods. Have you noticed he's never quite been the same since? And rightfully so. But you know what happened? Here's a man married to a supermodel for Pete's sake. And that's not good enough. Do you see how it's, it's not just, oh, he has a, an addiction or, or a lot. No, no. His fundamental problem is he's ungrateful. His fundamental problem is he thinks he's the center of the universe. And why should he be held back from enjoying whatever stupid thing he thinks he should be able to enjoy? But a little gratitude recognizes, man, you've blessed me with a lovely wife, number one. And it doesn't matter how lovely, that's secondary. But you've blessed me with a loving spouse. You've blessed me with this enjoyment in my home. You've blessed me how grateful I am. Thank you. The world doesn't owe me anything else. But neither were they thankful. And we wonder how we've gotten to the place we are. No, I don't wonder at all. I remember meeting an African pastor who came and says, I don't think God is happy one bit with the human race. Their ingratitude and rebellion and misusing of the good gifts and life that God has given us. 
So today, what we want to do is we praise thee, O God. So what I want to do is ask you to take two minutes in silence. Total silence. I'm not going to say a word. I want you to think about two things you should give God thanks for today that really matters to you. Something that he's done for you, something in your family, something you go, I am so great. Thank you that my roof isn't leaking anymore. Whatever it is. To give him quietly thanks and praise in your heart. And then we're going to say it out loud. Two things to thank him for. Now let me make it really hard. If you get past that part, I mean, how hard is that? Two, two things. If you get past that part, I want you to praise him for something about him that has nothing to do with you being blessed. Something about the nature of God. Maybe we talked about it today. His beauty, for example. I want to just praise you for that whether it blesses you or not. So let's take two minutes silently. Lord, we trust that there's a a bunch of gratitude going up to you from this room that you're leaning down and saying, oh, I love hearing that because you read our thoughts Nothing is secret. We look up from our puny existence and look at the glorious one who made all things and holds us together by the word of his power. And beyond all of that, sent his son into the world to rescue ungrateful rabble, really, because of your great love and because of your determination to be glorified in the praises and the redemption of your people who should be to the praise of his glory. Help us to worship you in these few moments we have remaining. From the heart, give you honor, blessing. We pray in Jesus' name because he has made us able to commune with the living God, the one who made us. We've come full circle back where we belong And one day we'll be in your presence literally, and all of this will make perfect sense. Doesn't always right now, but it will then. And Lord, I would desire that your people have no regrets how they have praised or not, or worshipped or not, or lived for you or not, or served you or not, that we would have no regrets when we stand in the presence of the living God. Or I should say, when we're flat on our face in the presence of the living God. So help us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to read together the Tadam, And then I want to have the worship team head on up because we're going to reprise 10,000 reasons. How many reasons do you need? You only need two this morning, but 10,000 will work too. Let's read this together. Ready? We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. 
The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine honorable, true, and only son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not abhor the virgin's womb. And when thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. And we believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people, bless thine heritage, govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee and we worship thy name Ever world without end, vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy lighten upon us, as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Amen. Let's sing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing with me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship Your
Worship your holy name, Lord. If you don't know the love of Jesus and how he surrounds you and secures you and calms you, I'm inviting you today to come up and talk. At least get some questions answered. Start moving in the right direction. He loves you and doesn't want you to slip through into eternity or the rest of your life without him. So come. We bless your name, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for the praises of your people today. Everyone that's lifted it up in spirit and in truth delights your heart. You inhabit the praises of your people. And we need you to inhabit it a lot so that your presence is felt and powerful among us. We commit our way to you. Put your angels around your people. May the grace of God, the fellowship of the Spirit, and the love of our Lord Jesus be with you all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.